So there is a deep, dark secret in Web3, and in particular, the NFT community. And if you haven't noticed over the last few months or so, Kevin Rose is unraveling this and showing exactly what it's like to be a founder within this community. He's getting brutally hammered by critics. However, today, we're going to dive into what exactly is going on here and who is right. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So in case you're not familiar, Kevin Rose is a serial entrepreneur who started multiple companies, sold multiple companies, and entered Web3 starting the Proof Collective, then the Moonbirds. And when Moonbirds launched, it was a high-ticket item, and a lot of controversy was around this. Some people were saying that they were sucking liquidity out of the market. But if you listen to episode 157, I really go into that and all the different viewpoints, and I don't necessarily agree with everyone It sort of shook up the market at the time. However, the people that were buying into that were just not the average DGEN that was taking liquidity from other projects. But that episode, I really dove into that topic. However, over the last few months or so, a lot has happened, not only the bear market, but also within the Proof Collective and the Moonbirds. They canceled their conference and there was a mass exodus. People were upset. There was a lot going on. People started to FUD the project, FUD the founder, and it was a mess compared to what seemed to be the this nice, positive, buttoned-up organization of business people and investors, then it was like mass chaos. Everything that happened in multiple projects that this particular one is sort of insulated from, everything just spilled out all at once. And when you're dealing with people that are losing or gaining a lot of money, emotions are flying. And it took a massive toll on Kevin. Recently, you might see different tweets and people making fun of him and memes saying that he's leaving X and going over to threads and all sorts of different things. And it is just a hot topic right now. So it's interesting that he just did an interview with Tim Ferriss. He was on his show quite a few times, the Random Show or the Tim Ferriss podcast. I'm going to pull in different clips of that interview, and then I'm going to respond to that because he reveals a lot of insight as to what it is like to try to build within this space. So let's get to the heart and the meat of that conversation with a few clips. One of the the hats that I put on, you know, a couple of years ago was dabbling in the world of Web3. It's a very exciting frontier, and, it, and it's filled with a bunch of explorers that I would say are, it's a small number of people. In terms of people that are excited about digital art, call it you know, 250,000 people or less. Mm-hmm. But long story short, you know, I launched something called Moonbirds, which was a PFP project. It skyrocketed way beyond what we had ever thought. Yeah, so yeah. to give you all a sense, from launch to one year in, over a billion dollars has been <laughs> traded in Moonbirds NFTs. That's so wild. Um, so first of all, I just want to jump in right here to say that over a billion dollars worth of NFTs were traded is absolutely mind blowing. I don't think any project would have anticipated anything like that. Now, this is not exactly having a billion dollars worth of sales because, of course, there's the public mint. But then the trading at this time also generated various royalties. So I guess you'd say commissions. So it's a little bit different. But just to think that a billion dollars worth of funds were traded around your company is absolutely mind-blowing and overwhelming at the same time. I did not expect that. You know, I really didn't. But with that comes trading. And I have never lived the world of trading. I've grown companies to quite some size, but never publicly, I've never taken a a company public. Mm -hmm. And when you take a company public, i.e. NASDAQ, you know, New York Stock Exchange, 
you deal with the ups and downs and feedback from people that are now stakeholders of that particular company. It's different. This is an equity. Holding an NFT does not make you a shareholder. It's very different. Okay, right there, he says something that is very important. It is completely different than holding a share. Sometimes we like to use that analogy just to explain what's going on here to people that are familiar with investing in traditional finance and what have you. However, when it comes to an NFT project, he he hit the nail on the head. The owner of an NFT is not an equity owner within the company. They might have certain benefits that may include revenues and may include financial incentives that are related to the performance of the company. However, they do not own the company. They own the NFT. So I think that is very important right there, that when you're dealing with shareholders, that is a very different thing. And to someone who's coming from running private companies, which they are running, it is a private company. It had to be a rude awakening and eye-opening experience for him who had never experienced this, dealing with people that are not your employees, not your vendors or business partners or whatever. These are people that bought into what you're doing and it's a very different thing. They still pay attention to what is the price of this NFT. Yep. So when the NFT goes up, times are good, people are happy. And when it goes down, people are not happy. I've had people truly hug me and say they've paid off their house because they sold one of my NFTs for $200,000 and they were stoked. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Tears kind of hugging. Mm -hmm. Okay, right there, you hear the mentality of people. Their emotions are attached to their financial gains. And it's very interesting to note that the performance of the company has really nothing to do directly with the price of the NFT. You could also say that a lot of times with stock because stock, you like to think that it is baked into the balance sheet, the performance of the company and so forth. But in many times, the market gets very irrational, emotional. So certain things might happen. So for example, I remember when I was in high school, when 9-11 hit, and that was, of course, like the, the most devastating thing that completely changed our lives. And we were told that this is your JFK moment and you'll never forget this moment. Well, I remember if not a few months, maybe it was a few years later, I was still in high school, there was a small plane crash somewhere outside of New York City, uh, maybe it was in Long Island, and it immediately hit the stock market. Why? Because the people thought that there was another terrorist attack, and they started to panic, they started to sell their stocks, and it reflected in the market going down. Once the news found out that it was a private airplane, a small pilot ended up crashing, the market rebounded. So that right there, you can prove that, yes, we like to say, that is technical, everything, all of the information that is known within the company and the market is baked into stock prices. And that is why the movement goes up or down. But at the same time, we also know that it can be irrational. Now, let's take this to another level. When it comes to the NFT market, it is everything magnified by a hundred, thousands even, and it moves so much faster. So you have an irrational market that has nothing to do with what the founders, the teams, or anyone is doing. At the end of the day, their emotions are tied into their financial gains and losses. And many times when fear, uncertainty, and doubt, FUD hits the market, it has something to do with personal sentiments, and it really has nothing to do with execution of the team or anything of that nature. I've had people basically tear me apart saying, I am the other person on the other side of that equation mm -hmm. that bought that NFT for, let's call it whatever, 50,000, not 75,000, 10,000, doesn't really matter. It's all relative to how much that person has as a, an individual. And how are you gonna fix this? 
because NFTs are down and they need to go up, right? <laughs> right. And some of it is on, you know, what we, we build to try and build bigger and better things for the ecosystem and try and hopefully prove that we are a company here for the long term. It has taken a serious emotional toll on me as an individual. Mm-hmm. I've had many, many sleepless nights. I've had anxiety like I've never had before. I've had to work with therapists and I've had to, oh, I've had to reach out to my primary care physician and get anti-anxiety medicine, which I've never had to do before. I have had some dark moments with mm-hmm. some, some not dark like in suicide, but dark as in, you know, it's destroyed me because I've always considered myself an honest person. I've never been here to screw anyone over. Okay, this is where things start to get very interesting. You can see right here and you can hear it in the tone of his voice and everything that this was not a good thing, a not a good experience. So we quickly went from a founder starting a company that quickly hit a billion dollars worth of trading right? An amazing time celebrating on the top of the mountains. Everything is going great. Here's a guy that is used to business success and so forth. That is how he was able to attract that original community within the Proof Collective. And then with Moonbirds, attracting all of these people that understood the value that he brought to the table as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as an investor, as an operator, and so forth. And everything was going so well with the Moonbirds. I remember he ended up stepping away from his other responsibilities, put managers in place, that he could focus and run Moonbirds in this NFT initiative, what was going on in Web3 full time. So he really committed to this, doubled down, and obviously the market changed. Sentiments within the space changed. Prices started to fall, and things get very ugly when people have money at stake. In sleepless nights, something that he kind of went through very quickly, but if you have ever been someone who was responsible for staff, you've ever been responsible for the well-being of people and their family, that alone as an entrepreneur, a business owner, a manager will cause someone to lose sleep. So outside of his team, the people that are directly working with him and looking to him, spread that and multiply that by holders who think that you also are working for them. And when they're not happy, they're going to turn to social media. They're going to say bad things about you. They're going to slander your name and so forth. And remember, this is a person that is in other businesses. He's doing different things. His name and his reputation is how he was able to build a proof collective and the Moonbirds and command such a high price for so long, a billion dollars worth of trading, all of these different things was predicated on him being a business owner, an operator, an entrepreneur, someone with experience that knew what he was doing. So this has to hit very hard. Not to mention when people are calling you a scammer, people are calling you a whatever, it it does not feel good. And as someone who knows what it is like to battle anxiety, it is not pretty and it can lead you to a dark place. It really upsets me and kind of bothers me when people on the social media, if you will, are knocking this guy and calling him weak and saying he doesn't have the stomach for Web3 and all these different things. Yeah, you would like your founder to want to stick around, be on social media and Discord and on X and so forth. But guess what? If the CEO or the founder of any other company in the world decides to step away from social media, would anyone really FUD that company or start to knock him? If you look at Mark Zuckerberg, who is like the king of social media, he's a poster boy of everything. 
he's very private for the most part. He he barely interacts on social media. When Threads launched, he became much more personable and personal and was posting a whole bunch of things. But the other day, I was actually on his profile, and now he's barely even posting anything. So here we have someone that is running a social media empire that really doesn't use social media that much publicly. So in many ways, it is kind of laughable to me that people are going to say, well, that is Web3. X is the grassroots effort. If it wasn't for Twitter and what was going on there, these projects would not reach where they are. And yes, I totally understand that. However, I don't knock a guy for stepping away from it. I would like him to stick around, be more social and what have you. But at the end of the day, we're not feeling his anxiety. We're not feeling the pain that he went through. So I extend some grace with this. And not to mention, probably one of the most successful People that is revered for his acumen in business and investing and so forth over the decades is Warren Buffett. When's the last time you interacted with him on social media? And I know someone's going to come to me and say, well, that's not apples and apples. You're comparing apples with oranges, but it's just a thought. So this year, I've been you know, treated multiple times for you know, these types of issues with physicians, all kinds of things. They discovered... Uh, you know, the high blood pressure thing was discovered because I have a, a brain aneurysm right now that it's on the smaller side and they're watching it and I'm fine. But those grow the more stress you're under because the more blood pressure that builds mm. up, the larger the aneurysm can grow. And so, you know, as you can imagine, all these things hit you at once. Yeah. And so I, I felt overwhelmed. I felt like I couldn't go to work. I felt like I, I kind of just needed to reset. Mm-hmm. Okay. Listen to that right there. This guy is having brain aneurysms. And stress contributes to that stuff. So anyone that is knocking him and saying, oh, yeah, he needs to de-stress his life and just saying, oh, he's running away, running to the mountains, whatever. They're putting up memes of small violins playing and all sorts of different things. And they're really mocking him. This guy is not just an NFT founder. This guy is not just a PFP. He's not just a number or a guy that's affecting people's bags. He's a human being, right? He has a family. He has all these different things. Did he make some mistakes? Did a lot of founders make mistakes? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, they are human beings. And I don't know, some of these people do see themselves as like shareholders within a company. But if the CEO of a particular company that you were holding shares to had all sorts of health issues, was having aneurysms and stress and so forth, what would you want him to do? For me, if I thought that these things were a detriment to the company, I would want somebody to step in a little be more public and do things that would relieve the stress from the leader. Because at the end of the day, if I'm thinking, well, I'm just in this for the money, I want it to go up, right? So when he's doing this, I just don't really understand why people are knocking this as if like he was only around for the good times. Well, maybe it's easy for me to say because I don't own any Moonbirds. I don't have any proof collectives, but I don't think a guy having aneurysms owes me anything to stay on Twitter. So long story short, after all this, he says he ends up getting ketamine therapy, and I'm not going to go into all the medical things of that. He went to his primary care doctor. They saw that he had all sorts of levels that were off. So ketamine is used for extreme mental disorders to kind of rewire somebody, give them a quick boost, a quick shot, if you will, so that then they could treat things down the road. And that's what he went into, a whole bunch of sessions. And if you're interested in this, I'll leave the link to the full podcast interview. There's timestamps and all this. It's like two and a half hours long, but you could pick and choose what you want to listen to. But anywho, I'm not going to go into all that. This is not a medical podcast. But I said all that to say this. The community can be absolutely brutal. And when you have a group of people that feel entitled as if they are owed something 
And I understand, I own NFTs and I look to founders to do things, to bring value to the community, to the particular IP or whatever it is. And I'll even be critical of certain missteps and mistakes and when people have their emotional outbursts. And I understand all of that. But it's completely different to think that you are owed something that's unreasonable. And in my opinion, thinking someone's going to put their own mental health, their physical well-being at stake just so my pockets can go up, I think is an unrealistic expectation. And what's really being made clear here is that an NFT owner is not a shareholder. It's completely different how it could be packaged and how it could be presented. It may seem that way, but when you have a group of people, let's say it's one of one and you have 10,000 people that think that they have a say within the company, they want different things and they're all looking for their bags to go up. It could be very, very tough as a founder and as a team. It can pull you in different directions that you didn't intend to go and you're just trying to make everybody happy. And as the old saying goes, if you try to make everyone happy, you end up making no one happy, including yourself. So if you are someone who really cares about what people think and the approval of the masses and all these different things, well, entrepreneurship is probably not for you. Management, probably not for you. But definitely everything, as I said, 100, 1,000 X is going to be within this space right here. Now, with Kevin Rose, has the experience at everything, but as he mentioned, he never had the expectations of public outsiders, if you will, shareholders, or in this case, NFT holders that were dabbling in things and were so critical and had so much say. It is so much easier, even as a one-man band, as a small business owner, than to have 10,000 yapping people in your head, not to mention you have your staff and you have to comply with the laws, Gary Ginsler breathing down your neck with the SEC. There's so many different things. So again, would I like to see him stay around? Would I like to see him active on X, Discord, and so forth, and just stick it out? Yes. But hey, he is not shutting down the company. He's still committed. He's still doing different things. They want to go forward and build as a company. And I think a lot of FUD is being spread, whether it's from genuine people that are truly upset and think that this is going in the wrong direction, or it's from people that are trying to maybe get even with them. I know that some people that were locked out of the whitelist or didn't have the opportunity to get in at different times, they were throwing FUD at the project and the founders and so forth. So it could be a lot of revenge tweeting that has been pent up in people's hearts for the last, I don't know, two years or whatever it is since this thing launched. And then there's also the content creators that are literally just willing to kick rocks at anyone for a few clicks, more impressions, try to get some ads out of Elon or whatever it is. And man, I feel for those people, but that's not going away. People do that all the time. Celebrity bloggers from web to shock jocks going all the way back to the various people from the radio days. This is something that people do. There's clickbait on YouTube and so forth. But I think it's just worth noting that just as we don't want to be seen as a number by Mark Zuckerberg or as a number by whatever Web2 platform that we're on, that we want to be seen as people with rights and feelings and all sorts of different things and treated as such, I think it's important as holders within NFT projects to extend that same grace to various founders, right? They're humans. Like Things go wrong. And I think it's something to just watch. Keep an eye on as we're going forward. If people are adopting this type of technology, as long as they think that the token itself is the value and not what was being built around the token and how the token and the technology are being used, then we're going to keep running into this issue that people are just holding flames to these founders to then pump the bag 
And that's not a healthy place to be in. But love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you feel about Kevin Rose leaving X, going over to Threads, and the things that he has said during this? Did I say anything that you disagree with? I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and concerns. Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on X or using contact information in the show notes. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.